Hello, everybody, and welcome to JPD Weekly. We are in the midst of a uh, very exciting, very important series. This is, uh, and I call it a loose series because if you haven't seen the other episodes, don't worry about it. You will understand this one just fine. Every uh, episode in this five-part series is able to stand on its own. So uh, don't worry about it. This is more of a collection of uh, videos having to do with the Essenes, the Dead Sea Scrolls, Prophecy. And in the past uh, three episodes of JPD Weekly, we looked at a lot of the history of the Dead Sea Scrolls, how the Qumran community came to be, who the Essenes are, uh, how they're different from the Pharisees and Sadducees, and how the conditions of the New Testament with Rome being in rule, you know, the Pharisees, Sadducees, all of that, how, how those conditions came to be. So today we'll, we'll go through a little brief review on it, but uh, I want to start getting into the prophecy behind the Dead Sea Scrolls, because a lot of it has to do with our day today. And it's absolutely fantastic. It's really interesting stuff. Uh, so we're going to talk about all that and a lot more on today's JPD Weekly. If you want this entire series right now, and not just these little previews that we put up on YouTube, if you want the entire series, you can go to dailyrenegade.com, get the whole series. Uh, it, it's available there right now. And you get full episodes. So on YouTube, we only put about half the episode up because uh, YouTube deletes our videos quite often. They even deleted an entire channel that we had. Um, eight years of hard work just gone. And uh, at the time, we I didn't have anything backed up because I thought I could trust YouTube. Because for a long time, you were able to trust YouTube. You could upload wherever you wanted, and, and it was fine. There wasn't any issue. Uh, but then they started getting uh, into censorship and a lot of stuff. And now we're in a position where Christians can't just say whatever they want on YouTube anymore. So that's why we created Daily Renegade. We have five different shows on there, and each of those shows uh, all together has like hundreds of videos and episodes and things. Uh, these are all Christian teachings that you're not going to hear in most churches because most churches are more worried about um, donations and and uh, size of congregation and stuff like that so they don't get into controversial areas. Uh, well, we do get into controversial areas for sure at dailyrenegade.com, but uh, we do it thoughtfully and carefully to make sure we're theologically sound, uh, doctrinally accurate. We, you know, we make sure uh, all of that stuff. So we're very, very careful about our research, uh, but we do provide that to you at dailyrenegade.com. Right now we are offering a free seven-day trial so you can get the trial, see if you like it. If you like it, great. Uh, think about supporting this ministry by getting a membership. It's only $10 a month or $100 a year, which if you can, you should do that one because then you get two months for free, $100 a year. You get two months for free. Uh, whereas if you pay if you pay $10 a month, you're going to end up paying like $120 a year. But you get two months for free. You just pay for it once. You don't have to think about it for a whole year. So it's a great deal. Not only do you get full episodes, but you get early access. So members of Daily Renegade have had this entire series for uh, a long time now. Uh, by this point, they've had it for uh, about a month. So um, so there's a lot of perks that comes with a membership. You always, you always get early access. You get videos long before anybody else gets them. And you're supporting a ministry that is truly trying to spread the gospel around the world and... Uh, uh, edify the body of Christ by providing accurate, uh, you know, true, unabashed information. You know, stuff that uh, we don't we we don't worry about suppressing just because it might be controversial. Um, but we also aren't going to go out of our way to sensationalize and just make stuff up uh, that sounds interesting. You know, we want to be careful and make sure what we're saying is accurate. Also. 
Um, if you have been kind of getting sick of the financial system the way it is, all these uh, economic crashes that happen and are going to continue to happen, and if you kind of see the fiat system as a sinking ship, uh, we now, as Christians, have built our own thing. Uh, we, we don't have to take part in this satanic beast system of, of global banking and all, all this financial garbage that keeps going on that is destined to fail, and we know that. Scripturally, we know that. Um, if you're getting sick of that, we Christians have built built our own thing now. Uh, we don't have to take part in any of this. It's called Cornerstone. It is uh, by Christians for Christians. It is first and foremost uh, Christian and uh, second most a company. So it is a Christian company in that order. Uh, and if you want more information, you do not have to just take my word for it. We have uh, a free episode of the Sharpening Report with the owner um, and also uh, Mike Stibbs from Detox Babylon, who works at Cornerstone. Uh, we, we have a full episode that goes into everything having to do with their company and how uh, you can uh, invest in silver and actually um, um, keep safe your investments, you know, keep safe your, your financial. Because if, if you get into stocks or just anything that's involved in this uh current beast system, you know, of, of finances, it's, it's likely to over time, uh, just fall into ruin and you could lose your investment. You could lose your 401k or, you know, you know, any, any number of things. But if you invest in silver through this Christian company, and I say through them, uh, because in my opinion, they're the best. They're the only ones that I trust because a lot of companies are just in it for money. Um, and these guys aren't, they're generally trying, they're genuinely trying to serve as a ministry effort, uh, to the body of Christ. And, and this is how they're, this is how they're able to do it through, uh, the gifts that God has given them, um, in, uh, like, uh, investing in silver and that kind of knowledge. So, uh, it, it's a great thing to do. It really helps and you can protect your, uh, assets from the enemy who wants to take it away from you. Uh, you can protect it, uh, by going through Cornerstone and, um, watch that episode. It's right on the homepage, dailyrenegade.com. It'll come up immediately. Watch that episode and you can get all the information available. Uh, and also if you want more information from Cornerstone, no obligation, you know, no strings attached. If you just want more information, they will send you free information. Uh, and you can even talk to them one-on-one -on -one and they'll answer all your questions for you. So you can decide if this is something that is right for you. Uh, I believe every Christian should get involved in this and that's why we're promoting that. Uh, for members and non-members. So um, uh, now if you are a member, you will have access to a free documentary uh, by Mike Stibbs about the coming uh, prophetic financial collapse um, that is just on the horizon. You'll have access to a documentary uh, for free if you're a member uh, right there at dailyrenegade.com. So you will have access to that. But if you're not a member, you can still go watch that episode. Uh, the full episode is available and, uh, we will keep that, we'll keep that up for you. So, uh, go ahead and check that out. I think that's all the announcements, uh, for Daily Renegade and what we've been doing. So with that, let's get into episode four. So like I said, we've looked at all the history, uh, or generally, I mean, we didn't look at all the history that would take years, but we looked at much of the history to understand the basics of how the Essenes, Pharisees and Sadducees came to be and how the, um, the the group at Qumran came to be. Uh, we talked about how the Essenes were known for having extremely accurate prophecy. The Dead Sea Scrolls themselves give very accurate prophecy. And we talked a little bit about how there's some confusion with the term Essenes. So it, it's sort of like Christians today. 
at least as much as Christians are today, the Essenes are largely misunderstood as well. I mean, would you agree that Christians by world standards uh, are misunderstood today? You know, of course, the, the, the world uh, thinks that we are plenty of things that we are not. Um, same thing with the Essenes. So most Christians have never heard of the Essenes which is really unfortunate due to the amazing kinship that we have with them spanning the last 2,000 years and the end of two ages, as we will look at a little bit more throughout this series. You know, it's unfortunate, and that's why I wanted to do this series so we can learn more about our uh, spiritual... Uh, we, are, we, we are spiritually descended from these people. These, these are our spiritual fathers. Um, now, of those who have heard of this mysterious group, many think of them as like one homogenous thing. You know, the Essenes were either this or they were that. You know, they were either or rather than both and. And again, this is really similar to how the world views Christianity today. Christians are all one specific thing or another specific thing without much variety, according to the world standards, uh, the way that we're viewed. Now, of course, we know we're not actually like that, but that's that's how we're viewed. This concept about modern Christianity, it's it's clearly mistaken, you know, that we're all just one thing, but it's not unique. You know, in fact, it's a, it's almost human nature to assume any group is one thing or another instead of adopting a more nuanced understanding. Uh, you know, to prove this, try simply entering into Google search, Christians are, or Republicans are, or liberals are, and then allow the search engine to autofill for you what others have previously searched. You know, chances are you will uh, not receive autofills that say, a wide variety of unique individuals who all have a few common beliefs, you know, uh, more than likely you'll get something similar to, you know, you'll get something like negative or cruel or stupid. And, and those three results I actually received when I did this myself, when I put those in. Now, the same misconception can be found in our modern understanding of the Essenes, you know, th and this is only the beginning of the commonality between Essenes and Christians today. There were Essenes who believed in the Tanakh, the Old Testament, who lived throughout the various cities of Israel uh, from around the 2nd century BC to the 1st century AD. However, there were also groups of uh, Gnostics and heretics who existed around the same time and called themselves Essenes. You know, it, it's sort of like how uh, today, in our modern day, we have modern Christians uh, there, there are groups of New Agers calling themselves Christians, uh, and, and it's it's sort of the same deal. Throughout throughout history, the Essenes have had uh, heretical groups take on their name, but they didn't maintain true Essene doctrine. So even within the Essene community in Israel, there were at least three different factions that broke off from the believing remnant. We made mention of that. Uh, earlier in the series, we're going to get a little bit more into it, but piecing together works from Josephus and uh, Hippolytus, we learned that there was a faction who believed typically normal things were idol worship, <laughs> you know, such as, uh, you know, simply carrying a coin was like idol worship to these people because there was a picture of, uh, you know, there was an image on the coin and that image was uh, considered graven to them. Now, there's actually a modern counterpart to this. That that could be, you know, those who claim that a Christmas tree is actually idol worship and no Christian should take part in any holidays. You know, that that is our modern counterpart to the, this 
faction of Essenes that broke off and viewed everything as idol worship. There was a uh, there was a second faction that was uh, violently obsessed with bringing Christian believers back under the law of Moses, especially circumcision, even to the point of slaughtering those who refused. Uh, they were called the Circumcision Party. Now, it hasn't gotten that bad quite yet in our modern time, but this could be uh, comparable to modern-day hyper-Hebrew roots believers who teach that Christians must go back under the law of Moses to be saved, though admittedly in America, uh, this has not been so bad as to warrant mass uh, death as of yet. You know, it hasn't gotten that bad, but that could be coming. Um, as this apostasy gets worse and worse and worse, because we saw it in the days of the Essenes. Uh, so we might see it in the days of Christianity as well. Now, the third faction uh, was very careful about not calling any man Lord or, or not, you know, being very careful about like names, uh, even under torture or threat of death. Now, at first, that sounds reasonable. You know, we should not equate any man with our Lord. However, at the time, Lord was just like any other title, like king or prince. So the belief was to even call uh, an actual Lord by that title would be considered offensive to God, thereby putting a heightened emphasis on the importance of names and titles. So it's sort of similar to those called sacred sacred namers today. Those who insist that you must pronounce Jesus' uh, Hebrew name perfectly or he won't hear your prayer uh, or, or, or he will reject you or, you know, it's a sign that you don't love him that much or some, some ridiculous thing like that. And that you must never actually call somebody by the title rabbi. You know, we've heard that a lot. Uh, you, you know, they're, they're like... I, Whenever I reference, um, you know, like Rabbi Schneider or Rabbi Jonathan Burnus, you know, they're, they're, with without hesitation, there is somebody in the comment section who will say, "Call no man Rabbi," but they're 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 taking the technicality of that verse and they're not actually looking at what the reason behind it was, you know, what the actual teaching was, and that's the same kinds of things uh, that you know, like the, the the Pharisees would do and stuff. But this this group. Um, this other group, the, the sacred name group of the Essenes, you know, uh, it, it's just interesting to me that the Essenes were dealing with very similar offshoots from their believing remnant that we're dealing with today in our believing remnant of Christianity, within Christianity, within, within the, the, and I'm not talking about like the progressives or, you know, just within our actual believing remnant that we try to maintain the, the, the true beliefs of, of, of the Bible. And we don't go off into these weird things like Catholicism or, um, or, or, uh, you know, like, um, oh, I don't know, like just, just more liberal progressive kinds of Christians. You know, I mean, that, that's more comparable to things like the Pharisees and the Sadducees, but even within the Essenes themselves, they had these, these heretical factions that broke off and they are extremely similar to what we have in Christianity today with some of these factions breaking off and putting emphasis on these strange things and trying to put that burden, trying to put that yoke, that burden onto other Christians. The Essenes dealt with the same thing. So we can be encouraged by that because they dealt with it too, but it can also serve as a warning to us that, hey, that happened at the end of the age of Torah, which we'll get into the ages in a moment, but, but that happened back then. We're seeing a repeat of it today, so let's not fall into that apostasy. Let's not fall into that same thing. 
So again, it's really interesting that the Essenes were dealing with uh, very similar offshoots from their believing remnant that we're dealing with today in ours. Now, on top of that, there were other divisions, you know, such as those Essenes who abstained from marriage and those who were married, and that's okay. We have Christians that abstain from marriage today and Christians that don't, and and it's okay. Uh, even Paul says that you know either one is fine. You just you just do it uh, uh, to honor the Lord. Um, and because of this, anyone could define all of the scenes by any one of these groups. So we did see something like that when we, in the, in the previous sections of this series, um, of how some of these ancient sources, they would say that, like, they don't marry. You know, they would say something like that. When in fact, you know, those in Qumran may not have married, but general Essenes throughout Israel, a lot of them did. Uh, so, so we see that even in the historical record. You know, you'll have some that say Essenes were celibate. You'll have people today that say, you know, Essenes were mystics or Essenes were vegetarian. Any one of those claims could be technically true about some of them, but not true of the entire group. Just like today, you could make any number of generalized claims about Christians, some of which might be true. Uh, you know, if you said Christians are vegetarians, well, you're going to find some Christians who are vegetarians, but that's not necessarily representative of the entire group. Um and, and and some of those might call themselves Christians, but that's not necessarily a Christian thing. Uh, it's not true about all Christians. So for sake of clarity, when Essenes are discussed uh, throughout the rest of the series, we're, ta- we're talking about the, the remnant of believing Essenes that, that did not fall in to the heretical factions of, you know, the sacred name stuff or the circumcision party uh, or, or uh, you know, the... the hyper idolater, you know, whatever, you know, they, they would call everything idolatry. Uh, when we talk about Essenes, we're not talking about those groups. Uh, th- those are offshoots. We're not talking about Gnostics or mystics. You know, we're talking about the, um, the, the remnant of the remnant of, of true believers, the, the, the true Essenes. That's who we're talking about. So when we say Essenes, uh, just to clarify, that's who we mean. Um, now, this brings us to the Essene calendar. The first century Essenes had a much different calendar than the Pharisees and Sadducees of their time used. So we, we talked a little bit about that before, but just for uh, review, according to Essene writing, the Pharisees were using a corrupt pagan lunar calendar, and the Essenes, or you know, the Qumran community, preserved the original solar calendar that God gave to Adam. And even more astonishingly, this was actually prophesied to occur in the Dead Sea Scrolls. Uh, we looked at this before, but the Book of Jubilees, which was kept by the Essenes in Qumran, that was kept by the Qumran community, uh, actually states, and this is from Jubilees 6, 34-35, it actually says this, And there will be those who will make observations of the moon, for this one, the moon, corrupts the stated times and comes out earlier each year by ten days, and in this way they will corrupt the years and will observe a wrong day as the day of testimony and a corrupted festival day, and everyone will mix holy days with unclean ones and unclean with holy, for they will err as to months and sabbaths and festivals and jubilees. End quote. And so this corrupted calendar of the Pharisees would eventually uh, become the Hillel two calendar uh, in the middle of the third century, or, or Hillel II, which is what modern Judaism uses today. 
Uh, that's why their calendar is so much different than than ours. The Essene calendar, however, uh, is a little bit more difficult to pin down and figure out as uh, much of what was known about it in ancient times has been lost, uh, only to be rediscovered in, in around the 90s. Now, Dr. Ken Johnson uh, has done some amazing work with the Dead Sea Scrolls in an effort to restore the Essene calendar or the Dead Sea Scroll calendar or the Zadokite calendar, the Sons of Zadok calendar, the Qumran community calendar. You know, as we talked about before, a lot of these times, a lot of these terms are kind of synonymous with each other. Uh, when we say Essene, we, we're talking about general, uh, the general believers, including, you know, the priests in the Qumran community, they would all be Essene just like leaders at the Vatican are Catholic, but they're still Catholics out in the world. So, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of using it like that. Um, not that Catholic doctrine has anything to do with the scene doctrine. They're very different, but just in structure of how the terms uh, work. Now, what Dr. Ken Johnson has turned up is nothing short of amazing. The Essene calendar is based on the seven-day week. So Saturday is still the Sabbath making Sunday the first, Monday the second, so on and so forth. Now, the interesting thing about this, because the sun, moon, and stars are uh, were created on the fourth day in the book of Genesis, the Essene calendar has the beginning of every year actually start on a Wednesday. This importance on the fourth day continued through even the early church, as evidenced by some of the writings of the church fathers credited with uh, writing the first commentary. Uh, one, one of the church fathers credited with writing the first commentary in the book of Revelation, uh, Vic, Victorinus of Patau, Patau uh, he wrote uh, on the creation of the world, quote, on the fourth day, he made two lights in the heaven, the greater and the lesser, that the one might rule over the day, the other over the night, and quote, what? Well, End quote for him. It's a quote within a quote, but okay. Uh, Genesis 1, 16 through 17, and then Victorinus continues. The lights of the sun and the moon, and he placed the rest of the stars in heaven that they might shine upon the earth, and by their positions distinguish the seasons and years and months and days and hours. Now is manifested the reason of the truth, why the fourth day is called the Tetris, why we fast even to the ninth hour or even to the evening, or why there should be a passing over the e even to the next day. Therefore, this world of ours is composed of four elements, fire, water, heaven, and earth. These four elements, therefore, form the quaternion of times or seasons. The sun also and the moon constitute throughout the space of the year four seasons of spring, summer, autumn, winter, and these seasons make a quaternion. And to proceed further still from that principle, lo, there are four living creatures before God's throne, four gospels, four rivers flowing in paradise, Genesis 2.10, four generations of people from Adam to Noah, from Noah to Abraham, from Abraham to Moses, from Moses to Christ the Lord, the Son of God, and the four living creatures uh, these, a man, a calf, a lion, an eagle, and four rivers, the Pisan, Gihon, the Tigris, and the Euphrates, the man Christ Jesus, the originator of these things, whereof we have above spoken, was taken prisoner by wicked hands by a quaternion of soldiers. Therefore, on account of his captivity by a quaternion, on account of the majesty of his works, that the seasons also wholesome to humanity, joyful for the harvest, tranquil for the tempests, may roll on. Therefore, we make the fourth day a station or a supernumerary fast.
end quote. So that importance uh, continued on throughout church uh, history. Now, the Essene calendar is a 364-day year that begins on the spring equinox. It is also set up that everything comes out the same every year because 364 days mean the year is exactly 52 weeks with no leftover days because 52 times 7 is 364. So, for example, Passover... Uh, on the Essene calendar, on the Dead Sea Scroll calendar, Passover is always on the 14th of the Hebrew month Nisan, which is always on a Tuesday. Now, by contrast, the Pharisee and even our Gregorian calendar is imperfect because you can't pinpoint down to the day when a holiday will occur. For example, we, we can know that Christmas is on December 25th, but every year the day itself might change. So, uh, for example, Christmas in 1998 was on a Friday, while Christmas in 2014 was on a Thursday. So every year it's different. Uh, there is even a reference to the 364-day year starting on the spring equinox when there is an equal amount of day and night in the book of Enoch which was found among the Dead Sea Scrolls. The book of Enoch is a Dead Sea Scroll. And this is how um, uh, people like Ken Johnson and, and others were able to piece together the Dead Sea Scroll calendar was, was through things like an Enoch and through other, uh, other Dead Sea Scrolls. But Enoch 7232b says, quote, And the night is equal to the day, and the year is exactly as to its days, 364, end quote. Now, what about leap years? Leap years on the Essene calendar are handled differently as well. So our Gregorian calendar has 365 days per year, which generally means every four years we add an extra leap day. The modern Jewish calendar only has 354 days per year, meaning once about every three years they add a leap month. Uh, the Essene calendar maintains the Sabbath cycle, meaning when it becomes seven days off, they would add a leap week. So this keeps all of the Sabbaths in sync, which was very important for the rituals of the priests, which we discussed earlier. Uh, now, the Essene calendar is also based around the prophetic year of 360 days, such as what is used in the books of Daniel and Revelation. However, to compensate for the fact that an actual earth year is longer than 360 literal days, the Essenes added, uh, or the Dead Sea Scroll calendar, which is, the, the, the calendar is more ancient than the Essenes themselves, but uh, this, according to the Essenes, this would have been the original calendar that, like, Adam would have used, the first man. Um, but that calendar adds uh, four extra days that are called tukufas. A tukufa was always on the two solstices and equinoxes of every year, so every three months. Uh, these were days considered outside of the calendar. So while the new year would technically begin on the spring equinox called Takufa Nisan on a Tuesday, this day isn't considered the first calendar day of the year. Uh, the, 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 the following day would be. And Takufas are more like place markers or dividers of the four seasons. So this is why the first day of the year is actually the day after Takufa Nisan, which would be Wednesday. Uh, the Essene calendar has 12 months of 30 days each. Every season, spring, summer, winter, and fall, is 90 days long. A Takufa day splits each 90-day season from the following one. So every year, there is a Takufa Nisan, which is the spring equinox, 
followed by a 90-day period for spring. Then there's a Takufa Temuz, uh, the summer solstice, um, which then is followed by another 90-day period. Then there's a Takufa Tishrei, which is the fall equinox, followed by a a, a third 90-day period. Then lastly, a Takufa Tevet, winter solstice, which is followed by the final 90-day period before the start of the next year. So that's how they're... Uh, that's how their calendar uh, worked. Now, this leads us to ages of human history. We talked about how um, the calendar worked year for year, but actually the entire span of human history works this way. And uh, that includes future. That includes uh, future ages and things like that. It all works based on uh, the idea of a week, so 7,000 years. And we're going to get into that, but we're going to have to save that for members only. So if you are not a member, head on over to dailyrenegade.com right now. Get a membership. You can get a free trial for seven days. Try it out. See if you like it. So uh, no obligation. If you do like it, then you can uh, get a... Um, uh, membership for $10 a month or $100 a year, which if you can, you should get that because it's actually cheaper. Uh, you get two months for free. So if you can do the $100 a year, you can get that. If you already know you love us and you want to support our ministry and you want access to everything, you don't have to, you don't have to do the seven day free trial. If you don't want to, you can just sign up for a membership now. So it all depends on, uh, what, what you want to do, but we do make those options available to you. And so we're going to talk more about the ages of human history, including Including future uh, and how everything was split up into a, a, a full week of human history uh, with each day of the week being uh, a thousand years for a full 7,000 years, how that has to do with future uh, and when the end of our age is going to be, which is coming up actually very soon, uh, and so much more. So if you don't have a membership, please consider getting one. Uh, if you are a member, Hang on the line. Everybody else, thank you so much. And until next time, take care and God bless.